Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Blackboard. Today we'll be recapping the matchups from Week 5 and talking about some of our favorite waiver wire targets heading into Week 6. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome to the Fantasy Blackboard, your home for all of your fantasy football rankings, tips, and discussion. Class is in session. Here are your hosts, Jonathan and Zach. Welcome to the show. You're on the Fantasy Blackboard. I'm Zach. I'm John. And as always, we're going to start with injury news, so let's not waste any time. Because there's a lot of them we got to get through. Week 5 was not kind to NFL players. <laughs> Running backs. Running in backs particular. in particular. Let's start yeah. with Khalil Herbert with a high ankle sprain. Never like to hear that. No, and um, right off the bat. And Roshan Johnson got hurt too in that game. Yeah, so you're digging was... deep into the depth chart in Chicago right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I assume he misses multiple weeks. Well, if we're looking at everybody else that's had a high ankle sprain, Saquon, Austin Eckler, we're at three-plus weeks already. Yeah, yeah. So um, <clears throat> it looks like Roshan Johnson probably is ready next week, I think, right? So He's in the concussion protocol. He's in the so... protocol. There's a shot he plays. Yeah. Um, He'll be a waiver wire guy, possibly. If not, it's Devontae Foreman. So mm-hmm. um, just keep an eye on that backfield for sure. And then we have a bunch more running backs here. We do. James Conner with a knee. Not really sure what it is yet. However, it's pretty likely he's going to end up on short-term IR. Cardinals yep. have signed Tony Jones. And if and he, we're looking he's for... miserable <laughs> for New Orleans. So. Yeah, but... If we look at uh, DiMercato, he looked pretty good taking over for Connor the rest of that game. He did. Could be another, you know, waiver wire guy. No, gonna he's going to be a waiver wire guy for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Because um, the Cardinals not looking as bad as we thought they no. would. The rocket scientist is doing pretty good at quarterback. <laughs> and um, they're, you know, they're like an exciting bad team to root for. They're not boring to watch <laughs> at the right. very least. So uh, they're offering something in fantasy. So, yeah, DiMercato... Um, super curious what that usage looks like, if it's going to be like a full committee with Tony Jones coming in or what that looks like. But, um, so yeah. Also have Devon Achan, knee injury. Looks like it's an MCL sprain at best. So we're looking at Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, if he can come back this week. It looks like he will be, I think. So... Um, I think it's like a probably a full split, but maybe right out of the game. I mean, Achan could literally go on IR from this. I mean, it's kind of ambiguous. We don't know the severity, but um, I think you have to be planning for worst case scenario. He's an undersized back with an e, you know, an e issue. So um, Mostert's probably the guy, maybe in week six, but Wilson could get involved really quickly there. So keep an eye on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Um, we saw what Mostert could do taking the bulk of the carries in weeks one and two. And yeah, I mean, he's he's the speed threat back there, and McDaniels loves his, his speed. So, yeah. um, Wilson's he'll, definitely he'll a between the, ace, the tackles type. Exactly, and I think, you know, Wilson could vulture, like, red, red zone goal line work and stuff like that, so he could still be valuable. Not new injuries, but we're still waiting to see the return of Saquon Barkley and Austin Eckler after their earlier injuries this season, so still waiting for those guys to return. Uh, that does it for running backs. Just running backs. Just running backs. 
Anthony Richardson hurt again, AC sprain. Legitimately his second most popular injury this season, it seems like. Looks like it might be four to six weeks. I think, yeah, I think it's IR again. So Gardner Minshew, if you're desperate. But, um... Yeah, that one stinks. I mean, he's he's really flashed already as a guy who could be a really good fantasy asset, and it's just first it was the concussion on the rushing touchdown, mm-hmm. and now this this is more of a lingering, longer term type thing again. It could be like four four weeks or more. So we'll just have to see. A lot of it's pain man- management too with an injury like that. Um, I mean, I, surgery I don't think is still out of the question. Depending no, I mean on it, what's going it, on here. So. The AC sprains. There's there's three severities like three levels like one two and three i only know this because i it happened to me right one you're usually like a week or two two could have surgery if you want it you could wait three yeah you're going in for surgery you have to yeah gotcha yeah. so we'll have to keep an eye on that one for sure um i think a lot of people are disappointed because we've seen these glimpses right we've seen these these uh this high ceiling and this potential just you know what he could be in fantasy football and it just it's like a carrot being dangled in front of us keeps being taken away so uh hope for a swift recovery for him but um he's gonna miss some time justin jefferson with a hamstring injury and he is going on the short-term ir which means you won't see him again brutal until week 10 yeah this that's a tough one and it it just keeps getting worse in minnesota one and four nothing like last year it's just rough jordan addison gets a bump from this obviously but other players will too Hawkinson for sure. Um, keep an eye on uh, Osborne, who's already had you know pretty steady involvement as like the wide receiver three. Um, he probably gets a bump as well, and is viable in deeper PPR formats. So, uh, but no one. I mean, Jefferson's one of the most exciting players to watch. It's just a bummer. You know, we have so many just big time players right now dealing with injuries. So, yeah, ho- hope for a swift recovery for him as well. Um, but Minnesota's in shambles right now. It's rough. Uh, let's see, another quarterback, Daniel Jones, injured his neck. Um, so I think he injured his pride, his ego. <laughs> That's been hurt since week one. Yeah. However, we did see um, Tyrod Taylor come in for him. It's not much better. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to get better there no matter what, that quarterback. So, so Keep an eye on Daniel Jones if you're even considering. Put him in your lineup. You must be hurting already. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a two two QB league, odds are you are starting him if he's rostered. So, um, problem is, I don't have any comfort, or I don't feel good about a pivot to a Tyrod Taylor if he doesn't play. So, that's a tough one. Hopefully, you had a third QB on your bench because <laughs> I'm not starting Tyrod Taylor ever. We've got a handful of guys going to the concussion protocol this week. That would include Tank Dell, Juju Smith Schuster, and Wandale Robinson. So. Three guys to keep an eye on there. Yeah, I mean, with concussions, it's it's all about severity. It's all about how well you do throughout the week. Some just, of those guys yeah. might play. Some of them might not. It's we'll got to pass the test, really, is all. Right. I mean, concussions, can it could be a week thing. It could be a month. <laughs> I mean, it's hopefully, you know, all these guys are fine. I think they're taking a lot of precaution with them, as they should. But um, Tank Dell is the disappointing one for me. He's been so exciting to watch so far. He's shown a lot, uh, but that could raise the Nico Collins stock even more if he isn't on the field mm-hmm. uh, moving forward. So keep an eye on that for sure. Juju, that's just a terrible offense. He shouldn't be in your and lineup And he sh- probably anyways. shouldn't be in your lineup anyway unless it's desperation or you have a bunch of bye weeks. Um, 
Wandale Robinson similar. Just an awful offense in New York right now. So, but Tank Dell definitely he's the one that sticks out to me. That, that's he's fun, man, and he's better yeah. than people think. Well, for sure. Yeah. As always, we're going into our second week of bye weeks also. So this week, on top of all those injuries, if you have them, you can't play them. You also can't play any Green Bay Packers or Pittsburgh Steelers this week. They are on the Darn. Bye. Yeah. Two teams that probably don't want too many of those guys. Anyways, yeah. new segment, or at least a first time for this segment. We've got a couple questions to answer. Yeah, we had a couple people reach out and... Um, they wanted to have us answer some questions and concerns they had on the show, so we're excited to do it. Hopefully, we can keep doing this every week and get more and more um, people reaching out. So, like I mentioned last week, definitely you know hit us up on Twitter or Instagram, or if you know us personally, which some of you do, you know throw <laughs> us a text. You know we're happy to cover it and talk about it on here and get a good good discussion going. So, uh, we got a couple here for you today. Um, the first one is actually a trade um, that was made in a user's league. This is a question from Andrew. And um, it's a PPR league. And this was a one-for-one -one trade, and this one was just an absolute head-scratcher for me, and I couldn't okay. figure it out. So I want to bring this to the table for you, Zach. Okay. And I want your, I want just the first thing that pops in your head. Just blurt it out. Okay. Anything. All right. Anything at all. I'm ready. Okay. Jordan Addison for Michael Wilson. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't take you long. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, if you're looking for a winner or a loser in that, I think whoever got Addison is a winner, especially now that we know Jefferson's out for four weeks. Yeah, that's the only context I didn't have. I didn't know if that happened pre-Jefferson injury right. or not. Okay. Um, I know Michael Wilson had the big game in Arizona. Um, not this past week two weeks ago yeah. um did nothing this week and um you know i'm fine with michael wilson as a like a dart throw guy you keep on your bench because he is the only big bodied receiver on that team and they've been a little better than we thought they would be but man addison's stock just shot through there i mean even without jefferson getting hurt i'm not touching this trade now so that jefferson's this is, out if I this mean, is a trade that went through prior to sunday right it's just one of those things where you're the commissioner of the league, and you get a message like, "Hey, can you veto? The, can you re undo this trade? I didn't know." And then yeah. you, know, you got to be like, "It gets messy real, yeah, real quick." Yeah, it's um, the worst. Listen, I mean, I'm I'm not a big supporter of a veto rule. Ever, oh no, we don't have that. Be, being nope. in a league, I don't think. Yeah, you don't like that either. Um, there, you know, it should be a gentleman's rule. To, I mean, unless it's clear something funky is going on or it's collusion in some way. You know, <laughs> let's say it's Patrick <laughs> Mahomes for Tyrod Taylor. Right. Who we just talked about, right? Right, right, right? Yeah, that as a commissioner you have to step in just for like the betterment of the league, the balance of the league. You can't let those types of things happen, but there's clearly no one in their right mind would ever do that. Um you know, in a situation like this, it's just a bad trade, but I think it has to go through. Unless, you know, you have something built into like a const a league rules or a constitution you've made for your league and there is a veto rule, sure. Then that that comes into place and the league mates can vote on it. I just, I'm just not a big supporter of that at all. I've seen what that can, that ends up backfiring more times than not anyway. And then you have people vetoing trades on anyone they don't want to see making trade. You know, it's just a whole yeah. mess. So you need to really just have a, a group of league mates who are, you know, following, you know, active and following the league and know something about what they're doing. And that's, and, and it really just comes down to at the end of the day, it's a free market. 
And if someone wants to make a bad decision because they don't know, then Do tough that. shit. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. You right. know what I mean? So, uh, but that's awful. I mean, it was bad before the Jefferson trade. Um, Addison's been putting up numbers. He's yeah. looking. We know who he is. He's been the most productive rookie receiver, not named Puka Nakua, which I didn't expect to say a month ago. But um, yeah, it's just the, it's just a bad look. So that's a bad one, Andrew. Sorry. Uh, I'm glad you weren't on the receiving end of that. But uh, appreciate the question. Um, we have another question here from Thomas. Um, it's a little bit different. So he specifically, he, he wanted to kind of bounce something off of us here. He was curious. He's in a situation where he may, he kind of prefaced it more generally, but essentially what he said was at what point should you drop someone that you loved in the preseason and that you were really high on, but they're just not performing? Um, an example would be like a Sky Moore, right? I yeah. mean, he was someone who was hyped up, and it felt like an open receiver room in Kansas City. We talked about him a lot, um, and he's, it's just not there. So at what point do you just let go of someone like that? For me, uh, it's somebody that I'm really high on, and people know know that I'm high on them. <clears throat> I'm going to say, okay, so let's say you get four straight weeks of little to no performance out of that player. Right. I feel comfortable dropping him when I know, like, because you always still want the possibility of like, oh, what if he turns it around? Will he still be there? Right. So I feel comfortable dropping a person that I'm really high on once I know that, like, me dropping him, people aren't going to snatch him right away. So it's not really like I don't have, like, an actual, like, uh, at week five, you can drop. I don't have that for you, but. It depends on league context. Yeah. How deep is your bench? How many players are you starting? And you then, it, I mean, a lot of it also depends on, like, if it's if he's just dead weight taking up space and I have to make a roster move because of an injury to somewhere else or bye weeks or something, so right. No, I I, I agree. A player for me right now is Kendry Miller. He did all right. Who this I week. he well he did this week. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he's gonna get a little spark of hope back in there. Yeah, I mean we know that he was a good prospect coming out of school. It's just a matter you know the first couple weeks it was Jamal Williams and mm-hmm. and Kendry Miller wasn't even healthy. Then it's he had the one game in week three where Williams was out and there was no Kamara yet, and he got kind of got an opportunity, but he split time and he did nothing. He laid an egg, yeah. and then week four, Kamara comes back immediately, tons of involvement. Like yep. it's clearly Kamara's backfield again. Um, and then here in week five, Kamara had another good game, but Kendry Miller, because it was such a blowout, got a lot of touches in the second half. He caught the ball, he had a big reception for thirty plus yards. You know, right. he starts to flash, but you also have to balance that and weigh that with okay, realistically, what do I project this out to be moving forward? This is Kamara's backfield. Um, Jamal Williams will be back as well. So or, or is he already back? I can't remember. Um, point being that it's just, I mean, there's no clear path to like consistent volume. or, or So it, it's a player, it's a talent I really like. It's someone who I've evaluated and watched a bunch of film on or whatever, but it's just like there's no value to him unless I'm a Kamara right. owner. Maybe, right, you know, right, as a handcuff, right. but like, I, I, you know, you can't hold on to guys like that. So I'm yeah. in a position right now, it's a deeper league, but um, I've had some injury issues and running back performance issues. And so I was holding on to Kenry Miller, and now it's easy to take that bait and be like, oh, well, he just had, he just had a productive week. He gave me, you know, 12, 13 fantasy points, but, but you have to make hard decisions and be like, hey, you know, fantasy season's shorter than the NFL season. You only get so many weeks. Right. You know, to pl- to figure out your roster and where you want to be every week matters so much. So, um, so yeah, I would say it's just a matter of league context. How deep is your league? But you can't 
sometimes you got to use your head instead of your heart with certain guys. 100%. And, yeah, yeah, so. Um, but Sky Moore, drop him. <laughs> yeah, but Sky Moore, yeah, I get rid of him. Drop him. Unless it's, you know, again, you're starting like 11 players and have a six-man bent or whatever, you know, it's right. a little different. But, um, but yeah. Well, cool. Thank you for the questions. As John mentioned earlier, you can always message us on Twitter, on Instagram. Yeah, DM us. I mean, we have comment. an email if you want to send us an email. We have an email. You want to read that off for us? Because I'm trying to think of what it is. <laughs> you don't remember our email, man? No, I got it right here. It's ffblackboard at gmail.com. There you go. Pretty easy. Very F-F official. Blackboard at gmail.com. You That's can email right. questions if you'd like to. We check it every day. We have a whole administrative team um, <laughs> and secretaries that you know keep us up to date on everything that's going on so we are we promise to yeah. respond in 24 <laughs> hours or less yeah. always well no we definitely will yeah all right we're gonna go into the week that was week five we're gonna skip thursday's game because that was <laughs> miserable i mean it wasn't mi- i mean there was fantasy, fantasy implication yeah, in fantasy it fantasy wasn't, wasn't miserable sure but just like thursday night matchups are the worst yeah the thursday night thing isn't working what do you hate more thursday night between two just mid teams or these london london sunday morning games okay so i don't mind london games as long as i do as long as my team's not in it because i i have no problem waking up and watching football at 9 30 in the morning because we're on no i like coast so i like that aspect for me it's it's more a competitive balance thing yeah so just hear me out so oh, for been, 30 I'm, seconds. Okay. Jacksonville played in week four in London. Yes, I I agree with that. Yeah. They they got to stay. Jacksonville for the week. played yeah. in week five in London. <laughs> the yeah. Bills did not. Yeah. So you're talking about a, a complete advantage. Oh, yeah. You're talking about 100%. travel and time and being uprooted. I mean, you're in a different country. Like it's a whole different thing. So like Jacksonville upsets Buffalo. Well, I wonder what may have played into that a little bit. The slow start for the Bills. And, no, I, I 100% agree. You know what that. I mean? So I have a big problem like from a competitive balance standpoint with that stuff. It's stupid. I actually think it's worse than Thursday night games. But that's just me. <laughs> We're actually going to start <laughs> breaking down our games with the London game, and that is Jacksonville and Buffalo. As John just mentioned angrily. I'm so irritated. Jacksonville upsets Buffalo 25-20. Yeah. Huge game out of Travis Etienne. Yeah, outstanding. Um, I have him in a dynasty league. I was feeling great. I also have Josh Allen, who started awful but ended well. Yeah. So I managed First to, half was rough. It was rough, but um, he ended up throwing for some touchdowns and getting in the end zone. So it, he, he salvaged the day, but the whole game was just, it just felt so sluggish. I mean, it was 11 nothing. I think, at one point in the first mm-hmm. half for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, the I mean, Bills just couldn't even get a first Jacksonville came down. out hot and then just couldn't finish any drives. Right. But let's look fantasy-wise, because the Jaguars had a bunch of decent players out there. Travis Etienne, as we mentioned, 26 carries. Outstanding. 136 yards, two touchdowns. You can also throw in four receptions for 48 yards. Calvin Ridley. Great day. Yeah. Calvin Ridley, seven receptions, 122 yards. Christian Kirk, six for 78. And, uh, yeah, after that, nothing special. But And the thing that stands out for me, too, was the uniformity and, like, the balance of target share. Yes. Ridley... Uh, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram all with eight targets mm-hmm. in this game. So they're all they were all massively involved. Etn with five targets. Um, Zay so, Jones with five. 
Zay Jones with five, I think, did have an injury, got a little banged up at some point in the he game. He was already injured. He right. came in questionable. Aggravated again, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. So aggravated, whatever. He still got a touchdown. Yeah, he got in the end zone. Ticked me off, too, because I didn't play him in a couple leagues because I see it's questionable, a game-time decision. I'm like, whatever. And it's 9.30 in the morning. So you have to make a very – you got to be up early with that cup uh, of coffee, man, I'm and ready to up. go. So. I'm up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's look on the other side. As you mentioned, Josh Allen ended with 359 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Also had a rushing touchdown. Yeah, he also led the team in rushing with yeah. 14 yards. Not let a good me, day. Let me talk about this because I have a serious bone to pick with James Cook because Oof. I had an eight-leg parlay and everything hit, and James Cook just needed 25 rushing yards. And what did he end with? Well, Negative wow, four. He, he missed by 29. He yeah. That's really impressive. Yeah, so... Don't you love betting? Oh, man. Yeah. Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs eclipsed the century mark. Diggs with 121. Gabe Davis with 100. Stefan Diggs saw 11 targets, 8 catches, and then we had 8 targets and 6 catches for Gabe Davis, both with touchdowns. Well, Gabe Davis is just a touchdown machine right now. Um, that's four straight games with a touchdown. Um, that's also his highest target share of the season. He, mm-hmm. he had a 90% Snap percentage and also received eight targets in the game. Um, so that's that's reassuring. Uh, you'll love to see that if you're a Gabe Davis owner like myself. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, four four weeks in a row with a touchdown. It just seems like they're finding him in the red zone or they're finding him in the corner of the end zone. So um, I think that's a good development. We know who Steph Diggs is. You know what I mean? Right. Like we we no know what he's going to offer you. Yeah, but, right. but the Gabe Davis emergence is pretty cool. We're going to move on to a game, John, you really wanted to talk about. That is Detroit, 42 over Carolina, 24. Uh, blowout for sure. Jared Goff, 236 yards with three touchdowns. David Montgomery, two big games in a row. Back off yeah. an injury, 109 yards rushing with a touchdown. And then probably the most exciting part of the game was our guy, Sammy Laporta. Three receptions, 47 yards, but... Two touchdowns. Found the end zone twice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was really curious, like, with Amon Ross St. Brown out, what that target share was going to be like. And it turned out they didn't really throw the ball that much. No, they really didn't. They were just really efficient. Three touchdowns through the air, three on the ground, because Craig Reynolds and Jared Goff each, each with a rushing touchdown as well mm-hmm. um, to go along with Montgomery. So, But Laporta has been outstanding. Yes. He's been great. So Let's he, talk about who's not been outstanding Okay, real quick. Miles Sanders. Not great. Trash. Yeah. That's a tough one. I I liked him a lot coming into the season. I thought it was just going to be his backfield. Um, Out-touched in this game. Chubba Hubbard with more carries. Um, Albeit less efficient. But um, that's concerning. And I know know Sanders was questionable, I think, entering the game. He's dealing with something right now. It might play into it. Maybe they're easing him back in. They're trying to be careful. But... Um, well, he's not he's not seeing targets out of the backfield either. So that's Yeah, it's it, tough. It's tough. But then you have Adam Thielen who is receiving targets. Did I tell you last week that he should be on your waiver wire? I, oh, I, I did. You did. Smart man. I did. That's why we're here for the people. That's four games in a row over 15 fantasy points. If he's your wide receiver 3 or even your flex, you're pretty happy about you're that. You're very happy about it. Um outside of that Bryce Young, three touchdowns, but had two picks, 247 yards, so kind of canceled himself out. Miles Sanders also fumbled to add on to his not great day. And just uh, real quick again on Adam Thielen, 
Wide receiver 10 on the season in PPR mm-hmm. leagues. That's despite a two-catch for 12-yard week one. Since then, he put up 20.4 in week two, 31.5 in week three. His down game was 15.2 PPR points in week four, and then he just did another massive performance, huge output, 13 targets, 27.7 PPR points. So He's the um, man. He's the man. He's, he's the ageless wonder. I don't know. I, I thought he was going to be crawling around the field on a stretcher wheelchair. I don't know. It's just – but there's no one else in that room to, like, take targets that they trust. So, right. I mean, they signed him to a three-year deal. And a, a conversation we have a lot of the time is, follow the money. Who are they paying? Mm-hmm. They saw enough into him that they said, we're going to sign him through his age 35 year, <laughs> and we think he can still be a, a contributor and a, a good influence on those young receivers. So he's been great. Um, dipped into the fountain of youth. He looks like, like I said, no, Minnesota. You, even if you look uh, at like, Minnesota he's not feeling. explosive anymore. Not at all. But he's getting the volume because he's running those short, maybe a little couple intermediate routes. It's almost like an extended check down for Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, who still looks bad. He looks bad, but I mean, three out of five weeks, he's averaging less than 10 yards per catch. Right. It's not like he's killing you down the field. He doesn't have the legs to do that. No, no, but no, he's, yeah. still, he's still an that's, adequate quality right. route that's runner. What, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's, he's a volume. He's guy a safety right net. Now. Right. Exactly. And they are just repeatedly throwing the football to him. We're going to move on to. I don't know if it was necessarily a surprise, but I will say it's a surprise whenever you see the Patriots. Still under Bill Belichick getting shut out at home. That team's a dumpster fire. It is. It's bad. Saints 34-0 to zero over the Patriots. Oh, and honestly, man. like, it wasn't even, like, we looked fancy-wise. I mean, nobody had that great of a game anyways on either side. Kamara, probably the best there. 80 yards rushing with the touchdown. Added in three catches, yeah. seventeen yards. So it's a little, yeah. little insurance there. I mean, he his volume has been there. I mean, he's he's the guy in the backfield. Right. It's Kamara's backfield. Um, Kendry Miller did have the involvement. I talked about it earlier. Um, but, but it like, was just such a blowout. You know what I mean? And like New England didn't show a pulse. Mac Jones benched for the second week in a row mid game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Patriots are on fire. I mean, they're. They came out early in the season and played the Eagles really, really tough. I thought. Oh and, yeah, and I was I mean, impressed. They, yeah, and and it's just I got, like a little nervous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you were concerned the Patriots were back, weren't you? Yeah, you know, oh, just a little I, bit at yeah, least. I'm not worried but, about um, that anymore. No, there's there's no threat of that happening. I think the big thing here that stands out to me is just the Ramondre Stevenson impact. Um, how far he has fallen short of expectation, and really to no fault of his own. No, it's not. It's and just it's, an awful offense. I think it's similar to you can say something similarly about Miles Sanders. You can talk about yeah. Najee Harris. Um, bad offenses. Bad, bad offenses that just don't um, operate at a high enough level. And um, they signed Zeke. They had, they both had eight carries. They were both com- completely inefficient. Yep. Um, there's nothing there. It's just Game it is a mess. doesn't help there either. I mean, you're down big most of the game. Yeah, I mean, that's just going to add insult to injury for running back production unless you're catching the ball, which Zeke did. He had four receptions for 17 yards, um, just just trash checkdowns. But they, they count all the same, so right. um, that's the other thing. Ramondre, no catches. Zeke took yeah. <laughs> Zeke with four, so uh, that, that hurts. It's just Ramondre, 
Who's a bigger bust at this point? Is it Ramondre or Najee? Because they were both early to mid type, like third round picks in redraft this year. And they are that's not pretty, delivering. That's pretty even. Uh, I want to say. Oh my gosh. I mean, wait, wait. They're both Alabama running backs, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, no, I think Ramondre played for. Oklahoma, I think. I'm going to look this up right now because I... Yeah, Oklahoma. Sure... Ramondre played for Oklahoma, and Najee played for Alabama. Okay, well, I was wrong about that. All right. It's okay. <sighs> <laughs> but, I mean, they both have just been... I mean, they're killing fantasy managers right now. Okay, well, if you're going to ask me, it's going to be Najee because I have no shares of Stevenson, and I have a couple of shares of Najee, so that's hurting me. So well, I have shares say... of both. So... Okay, so what do you think? Well, I'm sad. It ain't great. <laughs> it's not good. I mean, there's there's no recovering from... A, sometimes, I mean, depending on how your league drafts, if running backs are going off the board, you might have gotten one of them at the very end of the second round. These are guys you're you're supposed to be able to lean on, um, whether it be just based off volume alone or whatever it might be. They're not even giving you that. All right, so I just went and looked at their fantasy output so far through the fifth week, and oh, so far the biggest disappointment is Najee. He has reached double digits against Houston. He had 11.3. That is it. Stevenson started the season out not too bad with a 14 and a 16. So, yeah. Najee Harris, bigger disappointment for Najee sure. Najee still hasn't found the end zone. No. No, so, he has not. Not even close, actually. Yep. There hasn't even been, a, you know, tackled at the one. And that's, since. that's All no, I remember him doing is fumbling on a two point conversion. That's the only thing I can remember. It's no real fault of his own either. The Steelers have had. Very little goal line opportunities this season. Maybe I think two. Uh, yeah, and no touchdowns. No. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's more a conversation of just like situation, and it leads yeah. back to what we were saying about Miles Sanders and all these other guys. It's just like these are awful offenses. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know how you can possibly. I mean, you can figure on some positive regression. Maybe the team's return to being at least semi-competent average, but right now it looks... I mean, the good thing for the Steelers, I will say, they're entering a bye. Yes. When they did that last season, they came out and their run game, for whatever reason, was significantly better in the second half of the mm-hmm. year last year. And Najee started getting ahead of steam. He started running significantly better, had a pretty good second half. So maybe that helps them. Maybe the bye was in the perfect time. You know, they're dealing with injuries. They have some new offensive linemen. I don't know. but the, the, They don't but, look bad. The, the, the we, don't have, we, have, yeah. we don't have to get into his yeah. <laughs> depths of the Steelers' offense. Uh, but let's get into an offense that, for the first time this year, looked like they were supposed to, and that's the Bengals beating the Cardinals 34-20. Joe Burrow, 317 yards, should have been four, but three touchdowns and a pick. Jamar Chase, 19 targets, 15 receptions, 192 yards, and all three touchdowns from Joe Burrow. They did this without T. Higgins. They did. I mean, um, they almost did it without everybody. I had the pleasure was... of playing against Jamar Chase in multiple leagues <sighs> this week. Nice, um, nice. I had the yeah. pleasure of playing Jamar Chase. Well, I will say it was the first time I looked at Joe Burrow and he seemed healthy, or at least close to healthy. He even scrambled a few times. I even his had... ball, like, even his deep balls just looked... He just looked better. I almost said different, but they don't look different. They look like they were supposed to. Right, I mean, he he just looked effective. Um, 19 targets for Jamar Chase, 10 for Trenton Irwin, 
which is <laughs> a name. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Chase. I mean, I he, you know there was conversation about you know he got into a big argument with Zach Taylor, the head coach, and had requested a trade, and there was all you know there was was pretty widely talked about him his little post game you know rant he went on about always being open and he was clearly very very frustrated yeah. with how the offense had been operating and um looks pretty uh, clear to me they made a point to target him in this game and build an entire game plan around getting him the football oh, yeah. so he um, he won that. a lot of people weeks i think i said that last week didn't i yeah you're a smart man it just keeps coming back oh man i'm a genius all right <laughs> on the cardinal side we talked about the injury to james connor who's off to a pretty good start Rushing the ball. I mean, he's been rushing the ball all season pretty well, but was doing a good job on the ground that game. Josh Dobbs, probably his worst game of the year so far, which is crazy to say that we're even looking at him this far into the year, but oh, two picks. Yeah. Marquise Brown, four receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown on 10 targets. He's your biggest fantasy player out of here. And he's, he's a wide receiver three. You know, he's... Everybody's favorite. Waiver wire pickup last week, including one of ours, Michael Wilson, two targets, one reception for 18 yards. So. And was successfully traded for Jordan Addison in the league, <laughs> I heard. So that's congrats. That's a headline. All right, in the last game we're going to talk about, unfortunately, John, it didn't live up to your expectations. This was your game of the week. 49ers and Cowboys. The Cowboys. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they, just, they just didn't show up. Uh, There's not a lot to say. I mean, it was my just... favorite part about that game was the 49ers fans chanting, "We want Trey Lance." Did you hear that? Did you see that video? I did not. Chanting, "We want Trey." How fun would that have been? When Dak is running out on the field, to like see in the Trey Lance quarter. coming out onto the oh, field would have been God. just absolute, just poetic justice in, in some kind of way. I don't know, but. Uh, so let's look at the abysmal Cowboys side. Dak Prescott, 153 yards, one touchdown, three picks. Tony Pollard, eight carries, 29 yards. Yeah. He, he salvaged his day through the air, though. Four catches for 35 yards. So if you're in a PPR league, yes. he didn't kill you. He gave you double-digit points, so it wasn't a good week. But turns out he didn't do much less than CMC did, despite this absolute route. Um, did San fumble. Yeah, uh, CMC only gave you about 12 points this oh, week. Sorry, I was talking about Tony Paul. Oh, well, CMC fumbled as well. That's well a, everybody's fumbling. Everyone was fumbling. You know but, who um, else? No, I'm not going to get into it. I'm just an angry Steelers fan. Oh, are you talking about Gunner? I'm talking about Gunner. Wow. Bro, you know what? I, because I am angry about it, I'm just no, going to go put off. this out there. I heard the stat, and it, it's, oh, God, how someone has a roster spot for this. In the two years he's been with the Steelers, he has a total of 28 touches. Yeah. In those 28 touches, he has four fumbles. He fumbles one every seven times he touches the ball. How does he have a roster spot? He's outstanding. I don't know what you're looking at. He's a great player. Do you remember the toe tap uh, sideline catch he made on the kickoff at the nine-yard line? He showed everybody the ball, too. He was very excited. (laughs) Apparently no one ever explained to him the rule that on a kickoff, if the ball goes Uh, out of bounds, you get the ball at the 40. What an idiot. So he uh, both feed in. I mean, it was great technique. He could have just let it go. It was going out of bounds. He could have let it go. That's the whole point. I know. And he just saying. was just because so – he didn't he get thought, it. He didn't even get it at first. He, he was showing them all he, the ball. Who was it for the Packers that 
caught it, like went out of bounds, toe tapped out of bounds, and caught the ball inbounds. So then it counts as being out. Like that was smart. I feel like that's right. what he thought he was doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. No, he doesn't. And All then right. he <laughs> promptly, after he did that in the Browns game, fumbled. caught a screen and got clocked with and a fumbled. concussion and just fumbled and was just a corpse on the field and never came back. Yeah. Um, he's a great football player. But anyway, continue. Uh, back to the 49ers and Cowboys. We're going to go over to the 49ers side. Biggest takeaway from this game, we saw a pass from Sam Darnold in the fourth quarter. He had a total of one-yard passing. He's one for one. Yeah. What's your uh, waiver wire uh, prognosis? On Sam Darnold? <laughs> get him. Go get him, man. I mean, this is the second time we've seen him this season. This, yeah. You know. It's nice when you're just dominating teams so bad, you can just pull your first team offense it's off like, the it's field like for college football, the honestly. entire fourth quarter. So. Oh. Lord. All um, right. George Kittle went off. Yes. Three catches, all of them in the end zone for 67 yards. Yeah. Had the pleasure of facing him in multiple dynasty leagues this week. Um, Debo and Ayuk, I mean, they were fine. They didn't have to do a lot. The right. team was so highly efficient. Uh, Jordan Mason came in and averaged seven yards a carry with a touchdown mm-hmm. in relief of McCaffrey. Who Debo Samuel averaged six yards yeah. a carry. I mean, yeah. if, if you were running the ball... On the Cowboys, you were succeeding. So yeah, it was um, not what I expected because he a... lost you. But I'm going to say that's probably a kneel down. That's 100% a kneel down, which I've lost that. Way I was going to say already. you know all about that. Um, Joe Burrow was outstanding for me a few weeks ago. Gave me like four points, and on top of it, I lost by four one hundredths of a point when he knelt the ball down <laughs> um, at the end of the game, while also accidentally not starting a flex. I'm not sounding too smart right now, am I? Yeah, you might want to stop. All right. That's going to do it for our week wrap-up. As we move on here, we are going to get into some waiver wire pickups. We may not have mentioned this, but we are now going to separate episodes. So we realized that we were getting kind of long-winded. And maybe you only want to hear about DFS. Maybe you only want to hear about betting. Maybe you only want to hear about redraft, dynasty, fantasy relevant stuff. So we're going to split the two episodes. That's why we're not going into our DFS or our betting things right now. We're going to go straight to our waiver wire pickups for the week. Yeah. Betting and DFS, we'll release that on Wednesday. Wednesday, the day after this episode, we'll go live. So, yes. So, we're going to get into a couple waiver wire pickups for week six. I think the biggest one for me this week would be Roshan Johnson. Yeah. If he's still available in your league, I think he's a must, uh, must grab because I'm actually going to make that a 1A and 1B. Okay. I'm going to include him because I'm looking at it now and he kind of exceeds our criteria of our, what do we, what do we say, 35%? Yeah, it's fringe. He's at 39%, He's 39%. rostered. But um, at 1%, oh, yeah. Amari DiMarcato at Arizona. Yeah, that's that's So a, he's available. That's a big one. I mean, again, I'm a little curious to see what the work, the division of labor is in that backfield. I know um, we talked about Tony Jones earlier. But, I mean, yeah. literally, he's getting signed off the street. Yeah, he, there he's, can't be that much involved. I don't even know if he's going to be involved this week. Yeah. Um, DeMarcado um, was pretty useful uh, in relief of Connor. Um, he came in, he gave you 45 yards on uh, 10 carries, added a catch, got in the end zone. Um, mm-hmm. Ended up being the RB15, <laughs> which says something about uh, what running back has looked like in fantasy football. Yeah. Um, through five weeks, but um, he gave you he gave you a pretty decent day out of relief. I mean, no one started him, but he gave you a little over thirteen fantasy points. Um, they do play the Rams in Week Six. Um, 
not the best matchup, but I think there could still be some useful touches there. So DeMarcado, has, he certainly has to be near the top of uh, waiver priority for managers in Week 6. Last week we talked a little bit about Tajay Spears. Yeah, we cert- certainly did. And we had the discussion of whether he's a dynasty play or you know a redraft, like pick him up in your waiver wire. And I was kind of on the fence, but I think I did lean towards picking him up. Right. What does he do this week? Great week. Limited touches. Seven, yes, limited touches. But let's talk about what he did with it. Seven carries, 34 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Five targets, four receptions, 35 yards. For 16.9 R- RB9 points. Yes. in PPR leagues. Again. <laughs> I mean, if an RB... Yeah. Running backs are off right now, but RB9... But even with his limited touches touches on the season, he's the RB30. Well, he's so efficient. He has 27 carries, but he's averaging almost six yards a clip. Um, he has 14 catches, so he's averaging around three receptions a game. So there's involvement, even with Derrick Henry on the field. Um, I mean, and he's we, still only rostered in 26% of leagues. Yeah, it, he's... It, He's still there. Well, I think people just look at it through the lens of Derrick Henry is just always the workhorse. But He's always going to get forced Derrick the Henry ball. is not Derrick Henry this year. It doesn't seem that way. I agree. Um, we just might be seeing a little bit of a shift in the backfield. I mean, he's still the ace. Don't get me wrong. He's still going to have the most touches every week. I just don't. Spears looks so explosive. I mean, he looks. Yeah. High, he's just highly efficient. I mean, the numbers don't lie. I no, mean, you're talking no, six yards of carry and, and a lot of pass game involvement on a bad offense. So they play Baltimore week six. Uh, Baltimore just got upset by the Steelers um, in a one o'clock game on Sunday. Um, the defense looked, I thought, pretty good in Baltimore, but they were also playing the Steelers offense. So right. um, it's kind of hard to gauge. Take that with you're a grain of salt. You're talking about the Tennessee offense. So, I mean, exactly. It's, 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 I guess it's similarly. <laughs> However, if, if if you do look at that comparison, because I would say Spears is a similar player to Jalen Warren. Yeah, I mean, in, in and Jalen Warren had a pretty decent game from a uh, utilization standpoint. Yes. I would agree. So yeah, there's potential there. Absolutely, no Spears. If if he's still available, which it looks like he is in a lot of leagues, um, I still think I have uh, Demarcado ahead of him, at least in the short term. So if you need a win in week six, you know, flexing a guy like DeMarcado, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rishon Johnson is my favorite, mm-hmm. but he's not as readily available in leagues. So um, another one's Jeff Wilson. Yep. Um, all running backs right now. A all lot running of running backs. back injuries we talked oh. about at the beginning of the show, and here we are um, predictably talking about running to backs keep an on eye with Jeff Wilson, he's still trying to come back from injury. So still questionable going into week six. Right. So we'll have to see. Wait and see with that, but yes. But I boy, mean, man, they're playing Carolina, and if he's on yeah. the field and he's suiting up, oh, that's a that's that's one you want to keep in your back pocket and keep a re- really close eye on because yep. in that offense with H uh, not playing it seemingly at least for the foreseeable couple, next two to three weeks, um, Wilson could give you some value. So um, he's near the top if he's available in your league. I know a lot of people like to stash guys like that. He might already be you know stuck on an IR spot on someone's team in your league, but. Um, if he's available, um, he's near the top for me. Anyway, let's move on to a potential tight end target. We talked about some tight ends last week. Now yeah. this may just—I mean, it's, it's not entirely jumping on one week's performance because he's been okay. And that's Logan Thomas. Obviously, somebody did Thursday night: eleven targets, nine receptions, seventy-seven yards, and a touchdown. Outstanding game. Not his um, only touchdown of the season. Got a touchdown in week two. 
Uh, I mean, week one, eight targets, and then obviously week five, just this past Thursday with 11 targets, and he's got yep. a couple, you know, he was he was forgotten about for two weeks, but still with, finds the end zone one of those weeks with only two receptions, and yep. he's, he's being productive. I with think what, what, I, what I take from it is he looks healthy for mm-hmm. the first time in a while. Um, I think people are quick to forget he was the tight end three in 2020. He was very heavily targeted. I'll raise my hand. I forgot. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been utilized in the past, and he is 32 years old, but you have to believe what your eyes are telling you. Um, in a game where Washington did not look very good, um, I always, when a team is in shambles or an offense is in disarray, what my eye goes to is who is the security blanket in that offense? Who Who gets just the repetitive volume targets whenever the offense is searching for something, whenever it can't, you know, it's just doing a little soul searching, I guess, so to speak on that side of the football, and Logan Thomas was just eating up targets. And he looks healthy. He looks confident enough to be out there. He didn't look too, you know, he didn't look slow or, any, you know what I mean? Like, that. It's he looked effective enough, and if he's going to continue getting peppered with targets like that, um, I mean, tight end is a barren wasteland in fantasy football. So Right, I mean, he's still available in about 80% of leagues. So. Yeah, he's, he's very available, so... Um, yeah, keep. I mean, keep a close eye on them. I mean, if you need tight end help, which most most people do, uh, Logan Thomas could could give you something. They have Atlanta in Week Six, and I don't mind that matchup. Giants in Week Seven, I don't mind that one either. So yeah, um, even if maybe you have a guy on by, I mean, those are or, the matchups you're looking for. Those two right there. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're a Fryermuth owner, and he was out, but they're on by anyway mm-hmm. in Week right. Six. He might not play Week Seven. Logan Thomas might be the guy. There you go. All right, let's look at one receiver here. We talked about the Justin Jefferson injury to start off. K.J. Osborne, according to Fantasy Pros, is still available in 85% of leagues. Yeah, he's only rostered in 15% of leagues. It's crazy. Which is, um, that is kind of crazy. I mean, he's had utilization. He's had work. Um, Three out of five games of the season, even with Jefferson on the field, he's had double-digit fantasy points. And um, you have to expect some level of a bump up with Jefferson on the IR. You just I mean, have he to. just missed double-digit fantasy points this past week at 9.9. We're talking full PPR here. Did see his highest target percentage, or I'm sorry, highest target total of the season with nine. However, he has been on the field for over 83% of plays on the offense, and that's only going to go and stay up with Justin Jefferson not being there. And I think... Yeah. For the first time with the Vikings here, KJ Osborne's gonna move out of the slot now and probably be that X receiver. Uh yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what they do with Addison on the field as well, because he's capable. Um I think Addison has more of that speed, more of those crossing routes. I always consider slant. him more like a flanker, like a flanker type receiver. You can move around a little bit more. Obviously Jefferson is the you know, the X receiver in that offense, but now I'm, I'm curious because Osborne's the veteran now in the group. Right. Um, knows, knows the playbook. Um, they're going to continue throwing the ball in Minnesota. So I mean, they're going to have to, cause they're not winning games. Yeah. I mean, it's not, they, they clearly don't trust Alexander Madison to lean on him, um, which they probably should have thought about in advance when they let Dalvin cook go. Um, mm-hmm. but, but they saw enough from Madison. They believed in him, but there's just, that's it's not, it's not really a run heavy, scheme to begin with, but now they're just going to keep throwing the ball. Cousins has a million yards. It's not all going to go to Hawkinson. 
<laughs> in Addison. Right. I mean, you, so Osborne's a, a good dart throw. You could probably slot him in your lineup pretty pretty immediately. They play Chicago Week Six, which is a, a matchup I really like. So, um, again, if you need that Week Six flex start or you need you need help in a deeper league, um, it's not sexy, but you know. Because for me, like my approach to waivers is, you know, I'm if you're in a fab bidding league, for example, I'm willing to spend money on running backs. Running mm-hmm. backs are just so important, and they are so scarce right now, more so than I can remember in recent memory. I mean, running backs rough. It's a barren wasteland. It's, out there. it's bad. I mean, you know, tight end always is, but running back is just not. It's not showing up either. So, you know, wide receivers, you know, especially in like a PPR format, they're kind of a little bit more dime a dozen for me. It's not as much of a necessity for me to be throwing a bunch of fab on guys like that. But Osborne is worth a dart throw, and I'd say maybe, I don't know, 10 to 15% of fab is probably my my max for a guy like that. But um, what about you? I don't want to give you too much information because we're in a couple leagues together where I have a couple waiver claims out there, and I don't want to tell you how much I I understand. <laughs> because I'm sure you're in the market I with guess, the same guys. I guess I that went right over my head, but now I get it. <laughs> I already, so uh, maybe I'll tell you next week. All right. Well, well, we'll talk about it uh, after he gets four points against Chicago, and we're all depressed, <laughs> no matter who gets them. Uh, let's take a look ahead. You know, now we're making these episodes a little short. We've got a little bit of time here, so let's take a look ahead at couple matchups and what we like fantasy wise out of them so i'm going to throw out a couple games it's going to be similar to our rapid fire section but we're not talking score we're not talking betting lines i want to know who you like in these matchups to have a big fantasy week okay okay so let's start with probably the worst matchup of the week washington commanders and atlanta falcons Okay, well, uh, so, okay, two interesting teams. Right off the bat, tight end stands out to me because Logan Thomas, who we just talked about, coming mm-hmm. off a big game um, and displayed a lot, I thought. Um, but in Atlanta, you have two tight ends right now who are technically viable. Kyle Pitts is coming off I mean, his... technically, they were both tight end ones. Right, exactly. It's weird, but it's, yeah. what, it's the world we live in right now, Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Kyle Pitts is coming off his best game of the year. Actually, had some explosive plays. Um, Jonu Smith has continued to be, you know, I don't want to say serviceable. I feel like yeah, that's, serviceable that's almost, is pretty good. But I mean, we're talking about a guy. He was tight end. I don't have it right in front of me right now, but he, uh, six, eight, six, and seven the last four weeks in targets. Consistently involved. Six for sixty-seven in week five. Six for ninety-five in week four. I mean, he's. He's being utilized, so um, for some reason in Atlanta, I feel like John Smith is the kind of more dependable tight end right now. Oh, 100%. I, I just, Kyle Pitts just had his first good game of the year, um, so that's an interesting one. Uh, to me, you're always slam dunking on B. John Robinson. You're not even thinking about it. <clears throat> um, in Washington, uh, Antonio Gibson had some usage last season, or uh, excuse me, in Week Five through the air, but it felt very sporadic and random because of the game script. I still think Brian Robinson's the guy you start in that backfield. Um, Terry McLaurin, I think he's still, he's, he's a, you don't even think about it. You have to keep starting him. Right. We had a conversation earlier this week about Jahan Dotson. And... Yeah. He's been very disappointing. Yeah. Um, the efficiency isn't there. The target share wasn't even there last week. Um, he at least had nine targets in week four. Yeah. 
Uh, but a week five, he just there's just nothing there. So I think you like McLaren, McLaren, you like Brian Robinson, and Sam Howell is a is a dart throw, yeah, streaming type quarterback Toss right out now. The first half of that Thursday night game, and he had a pretty decent game. I mean, he threw for almost four hundred, what three hundred eighty eight yards or something. Uh, let me check. I think I'm pretty right on he, the three hundred eighty eight. He definitely broke three hundred. Yeah, three eighty eight. <laughs> He had 388, over 50 pass attempts in Uh this football game. Oh, yeah, he was slinging it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, he's QB 14 right now on the season. which So he's a fringe QB 1 on average, and he's given you really nice weeks the last two weeks um, in Chicago and against Philly, which I did not project. (laughs) Right, no. Um, But um, he's been I mean, it's a divisional game there. You know, you you never know what's going to happen. You never know. But, um, yeah, for me, those are the guys that stand out. I'm all over McLaren. You love Bijan no matter what. Yep. Um, a guy I'm still fading is Drake London. It's just it just feels so hurts so unsteady. I know he ended up having an okay day. I think that's um, in that's week just five. That's just what's happening. He's finding the end zone and then you know not doing much else. It's just hard to bet on that. You know what I mean? He right. did have a good target share in week five, but it's Houston. I don't know. You know, is that defense good? Which Houston defense is it? Is the uh, one that. Know. Gives up points to you know loses to Atlanta or is it the one that shuts down Pittsburgh? I mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Drake London wide receiver forty one on the season. He's had two absolute duds already, but he's had three other okay games. So it just feels like he's almost alternating. Um, I, I if you drafted him in the fifth round, which is where he was going, you probably are in a position where you kind of have to start him. Um, but if you do have another guy. <clears throat> you know, waiting in the wings who you like the matchup and you like the utilization. I mean, you have to consider, again, following your brain and not your heart with some of these players because I love the Drake London talent, mm-hmm. but I just don't have any type of confidence in the Atlanta Falcons offense or the way they distribute targets. Now they just acquired Van Jefferson uh, from the Rams as well. Yep. I don't know how quickly he's going to get, you know, incorporated into the offense, but. Um, there's a lot of mouths to feed, and quite frankly, they just don't have the quarterback to feed them. Um, no, so not. it's just it's literally a flip of the coin every week when it comes to receiving options in Atlanta, except for Johnny Smith, who just seems to get six to eight targets every single week for the last month. So <laughs> I don't know. It, <laughs> it's just nothing makes sense anymore. All but right, let's look at another one that I find intriguing. Four o'clock game on Sunday. The four and one Lions and the three and one Buccaneers. Yeah, so the Bucks coming off of a very early Week Five bye. Yep. Um, Mike Evans is a big one for me. I want to know what his his um, questionable status, what that looks like right. with the injury, right? Because um, he's been outstanding this season, or he was for the first three weeks before he got hurt in Week Four. He only didn't even play half the game, I don't think, uh, in Week Four. Um, he's my favorite weapon from the Buccaneers offense. I like Rashad White as a volume play, as like a high-end RB3, low-end RB2, pretty much every week. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I have him projected out. But beyond that, um, you know, the Lions, It's Laporta's been a smash start. Montgomery is a smash start. Goff is a streaming option. Um, the Jamison-Williams impact was very little in week five. He had two catches for two yards, I believe. So yeah. that was... Well, um, first first game back. Sure, he's been great his whole career. He's had a lot of good <laughs> moments. Um, so for me, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, again, you, you want to yeah. figure out what the health situation is for him. Well, they, um, uh, they, they said probable yeah, for week Dan six. Yeah, Dan Campbell said probable for um, week six. But so, an I mean, abdomen injury, Tuesday. that just seems uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... Because um, uh, he had turf toe before that, so he's just kind of 
that's yeah, piling he, on the yeah. little nagging injuries, yeah. and you know, so he'll probably play. I mean, he's a smash start anytime he's on yeah. the field. One hundred percent. But for me, it's uh, St. Brown and Montgomery. I'm and just, I'm, I'm real excited to watch this game and see if Laporta just continues this hot streak he's on. He's been outstanding. I mean, for a rookie tight end, it's well, right out of the gate. He caught every target he had in uh-huh. week one yeah. against the Chiefs. I mean, he's tight end one this year. Yeah. <laughs> Do people understand that? Have we? Maybe we haven't said it enough either. He is. No, we tight haven't end said it enough. One. He is the tight end one. Um, through not five Travis weeks Kelsey, of the season. not Mark Andrews, yep. not. George Kittle, but he's probably getting close after or his Hawkinson three touchdowns. Or Hawkinson or any of these guys, or Kyle Pitts. Or, it's Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta, rookie, is tight end one through five full weeks of the NFL season. So you have he's to march man. him out there pretty much no matter what. And coming off another two-touchdown performance. So A little, little kind of dart throw, I'll throw his name in there, is I, I do like Kate Otten in Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. I think there's something to be seen there in terms of trends and the way he's being utilized. Um he was seeing a, you know, in week two he got he had six catches for forty yards, and mm-hmm. then he kind of they played Philadelphia, and the whole script was just, it was a nightmare. It was ruined, and and so you kind of almost throw that one out. Gives you a touchdown and ten points again in week four. So now we're going into their fifth game here. Um, he has a lot of route participation, and he runs a lot of routes, and he and he he even as a rookie he he was pretty involved. Um, it's it's ugly, but if you are in one of those like tight end. You know, two tight end leagues or something like that, where you're really searching and you're trying to figure. Kate Auten could be a guy who just randomly gives you 15 points um, in this matchup. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not betting on it, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. it's well within the range. So of what outcomes. I'm taking away from these two matchups I gave you and their fantasy relevance is that week six is the week of the tight end for you. I mean, in those particular <laughs> matchups, I mean, I'm starting Logan Thomas everywhere. Yeah, I'm starting Sam yeah. Laporta everywhere. Um, and my God, you could start two of the Atlanta Falcons tight ends yeah. realistically because it's just that bad at the position. Right. So, All right, well, that was fun. I just wanted to toss that in there. We might expand on that in the future. But that's going to do it for today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope that you guys will follow us on our socials. Twitter, that's at FFBlackboard on Instagram that is at fantasy blackboard. And like we said earlier, you can still send us an email. <laughs> you can. At but there's no at. Well, I mean there there's is no at. It's just technically FF Blackboard, FF gmail. blackboard at Gmail. That's right. <laughs> Please and, email us. I want to get yeah, an email so that'd bad. be awesome. Now you right guys now know. our emails are all just spam. Right now it's all me We email ourselves. Writing scripts. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Also, whatever platform you're listening on, please hit subscribe and uh, drop us a rating on there, too. That would be very helpful for us. Regardless, guys, we appreciate the support. We appreciate you listening. Good luck in week six. We'll talk to you. Peace.